From the Smamish Independent, I'm Alex Woodall, and you're listening to Indie on Air. It's Monday, June 29th, and this week I'm joined by my colleague Julia Gudis, a correspondent for the Indie on Air team, as we discuss how Pride has been celebrated during the time of COVID-19 and the different impacts virtual Pride events have had on Smamish residents. So, Julia, what exactly is Pride Month? Yeah, so Pride Month is celebrated in June to pay tribute to the Stonewall riots, and it also honors the progress that the LGBTQ plus community has achieved over the years. In this month-long celebration, there are many different events like pride parades, uh, picnics, parties, workshops, and concerts, which are all dedicated towards trying to make everyone feel welcome and included. And Stonewall was really the catalyst in the fight for gay rights? Right, and historically, before Stonewall, the only places gay, lesbian, and transgender people could meet were sort of at these underground bars or areas. The Genovese family, which was actually one of the five New York crime families, ran a lot of these places in Manhattan. Wait, just to make sure I heard you correctly, the mafia was running a lot of these underground bars and areas. Yeah, I mean, they would pay off law enforcement to sort of look the other way, and then they would also blackmail wealthy gay members by threatening to out them to the public. And what caused Stonewall to be this important event in history for LGBTQ plus rights? Well, originally, when police would raid these underground bars and areas, some people would get arrested, and the establishment would pretty much just get shut down. But at the Stonewall Inn, they started the first uprising against the police force, which ultimately led to this movement towards protesting for LGBTQ plus people receiving equal rights. So Stonewall essentially sparked this rage inside of people, which had started the fight for equal rights of the LGBTQ plus citizens? Pretty much, yeah. And this really solidified the movement when we saw the first Pride March the year after, which brought about three to 5,000 people to the streets of New York City. This year marks the 50th anniversary of the annual LGBTQ plus Pride celebration. Prior to COVID-19, what did some of these celebrations look like in the Pacific Northwest? So the largest celebration actually takes place in Seattle, which began back in the 70s. Over the years, the celebration has gone from just a parade to a month-long event that includes activities, workshops, and a bunch of different outreach programs. Today, it's now the fourth largest Pride celebration in the country. Oh, I didn't know Seattle had that large of a celebration. What keeps people coming back year after year? Well, as much as Pride is a historical celebration and a political movement, at its core, it really is an emotional experience. Mr. Jacobson, a teacher at East Lake High School, said it best with, I think there's a lot of reasons that it's important to have pride. Um, I know just within the community, it's really important to have um, time and space dedicated to coming together and to supporting each other. I know when I was in high school, um, I went to my first gay pride right after coming out, and it was really impactful. I'll really never forget that. 
it was the first time I'd really seen, you know, a large group of people from my community coming, coming together like that. And it was really, just really powerful and really um, affirming that, you know, that I wasn't alone. There's other people out there like me. And so I think that in that regard, it's really important for our community to have that space to support each other. Also, I think it's important for visibility for our community. It's not just about, you know, this internal party for people that are queer to celebrate the progress we've made. It's about um, showing our visibility um, to the wider community and then allowing the wider community the opportunity to show their support and solidarity, you know, for us. So Pride is a very emotional time for members of the LGBTQ plus community. How were our neighbors in Sammamish able to celebrate this before the pandemic? Yeah, so I actually had the opportunity to talk to some people from the Sammamish community about how they previously celebrated Pride. The first person is Everest, who's a rising senior at Newport High School. In the past, uh, two years ago, I went to Pride in Seattle and I got to March and that was super fun. I got to go with one of my best friends. Last year, I went to one of the days, but it wasn't the actual March because I had work that day. But I've also just kind of come together with my friends. I make posts about it and stuff like that. And here's Caitlin, a rising junior at Eastlake High School. Um, I mostly celebrate it just with my friends, um, not necessarily being out to my parents and my friend, my family, more just my friends. Um, it's more of like, just kind of being with them. And last year I had the great experience of going to Panama um, during Pride Month and I got to do uh, Panama Pride, which was really fun. Both people you've talked to mentioned these big celebrations with lots of people around them. How have the Pride celebrations been able to adapt since COVID-19 is still prevalent in our community? Well, many people that we've talked to mentioned that organizations have moved to hosting virtual celebrations. Others said that they've been FaceTiming their friends and family, as well as donating to Pride nonprofits. One person that had more of a unique approach was Liz Barkley. Instead of staying at home, which limited her outreach to the community, she organized a small neighborhood social distancing gathering. We started right at the, like back in whenever it was, February, March, having a physical distancing um, gathering on our street to not feel so isolated. And so we literally stood, we don't, I, I don't live on a cul-de-sac or anything like that. We just live on a street that's pretty quiet. Um, and we just literally stood like 10 feet apart in the middle of the road. <laughs> and so we've been doing that, you know, every week, uh, really enjoying that. And so my partner and I, at the start of June, when we came to that Thursday um, get together, we, we just bought pride stickers with us. Um, we'd ordered like a hundred of them, more than a hundred of them. <laughs> and, um, and we just like in a baggie, of course, carefully and COVID friendly, let everybody pick a sticker, which actually felt really good. Everybody was really wanted one. Everybody was excited. A couple of the little kids, of course, really wanted rainbow unicorns and things like that. And one of the things that came from that, which was really meaningful to me and to my partner too, was um, one of the men, so like straight, cis, older guy, he took a sticker. He wanted it for his toolbox, his in construction. And, and, and he took his sticker. And like three days later, messaged and said, I lost my sticker. 
can you give me another one? Like fully expressing like this was meaningful to me. We didn't just take this sticker to be polite. We wanted to like really, I wanted to put this on my toolbox and I loved that. It was, that was really great. We'll be right back. Indie on Air is a podcast that complements the new digital newspaper, the Sammamish Independent, which provides community news that you can use right here in the city of Sammamish, Washington. The Sammamish Independent is brought to you by a team of students and community leaders who are passionate about keeping our neighbors informed of what's going on in our community. Check out the paper at SammamishIndependent.com. So COVID-19 has really altered the pride celebrations that would normally go on in Seattle. You mentioned some ways people are still trying to celebrate, but are there any negative impacts that have surfaced in regards to not having the pride celebrations in person? Well, one example that I think really speaks to some of the difficulties of celebrating at home is Simran, who talks about not being able to celebrate with others. One of the hardest parts about celebrating Pride this year during quarantine is that when you are, well, I kind of like to call like semi-closeted, when you're out in like some aspects of your life and not out in other aspects, like for example, your home life, it can be really difficult to celebrate and feel that kind of like acceptance and love that Pride Month usually brings because home isn't necessarily the place where you feel like you can be out and where you can express yourself. And so what's kind of happened in this quarantine is I feel like me and a lot of other closeted kids have felt a lot more of that like isolation and loneliness and separation from the community during a time that's big emphasis is on like acceptance and togetherness and unity. Um, And virtual events have been great for trying to like kind of simulate that. And of course, Pride is a like personal journey that people take and it can be like self-acceptance and all that kind of thing but it really is just difficult to feel that kind of like feeling of pride when you're all alone and kind of not as easily able to um, go out and celebrate the way that you might have wanted to. How else has this been affecting people? So Liz Barkley who I mentioned earlier is also a licensed mental health counselor that serves the greater Seattle area. One of the points she brought up was that many LGBTQ plus people do feel isolated and lonely with the weight of this pandemic. It's not unusual for people that are in the LGBTQIA community to feel isolated, um, especially in, you know, areas um, on the east side where there's less um, direct and immediate community around you. And that isolation is something that then if you add COVID to that on top of you already feeling isolated, it's a feeling of, you know, loneliness, depression, feeling anxious and, you know, not sure of yourself anymore. And so I think not being able to get out and see that you've got community, not be able to see even just on social media that other people are out celebrating. Yeah, definitely is heavily impacting people's sense of feeling welcome, feeling safe, feeling like, it's okay to come out. 
Switching from individuals on their experiences and personal celebrations, how has the city of Sammamish's outreach compared to neighboring cities like Issaquah or Redmond? Well, many people in the Sammamish community uh, feel like our local government hasn't done a whole lot. And what do you mean by that? What I mean is that this year in Redmond, the city hosted a virtual pride event, flew the pride flag in front of City Hall, and shared links to numerous associations that hosted their own events too. This year in Issaquah, they also flew the pride flag in front of their city hall, and the mayor also made a statement regarding pride. And what about the city of Sammamish? Were you able to find any similar events or actions? To be honest, I wasn't able to find any links to LGBTQ plus community outreach programs on the city's website. However, both in 2018 and 2019, the city did issue a proclamation declaring June as Pride Month. They also flew the Pride flag last year, but as far as this year went, uh, no one has seen it since. So what you're saying is that the city of Sammamish hasn't been extremely willing to support local LGBTQ plus people? Well, I wouldn't say they've been real enthusiastic about Pride in Sammamish compared to other neighboring cities. What about other nonprofits or independent organizations in Sammamish? Yeah, there are actually a couple different groups within Sammamish that assist LGBTQ plus members. For example, both Eastlake and Skyline have pride clubs, which are also known as Gay Straight Alliances, or GSAs for short. In fact, I was actually able to talk to Whitney Russell, the president of Skyline's GSA, on how her club has been able to make an impact on Skyline's community. Our GSA Skyline, I feel like we've done a pretty good job this year at reaching out to students. I mean, last year we didn't have that many members, and this year our, we almost doubled our numbers. We got up close to like 20 people, I think, in the club, which was incredible. And I think that's because of we did a lot of advertising. Like um, last year there wasn't that much advertising done. I wasn't the president then, but um, we did a lot of advertisements this year because I really wanted to push that. And I am disappointed that school got cut short because we were planning on doing a lot of stuff during Pride Month. Uh, we were planning on doing like a lot more advertising for the club and just a lot more like, oh, don't say these slurs, like, because I feel like Skyline definitely and a lot of other high schools have issues with that kind of thing. And I was really pushing to try to like make it a safe place for people as GSA is. And I think we did a good job at that this year, luckily, just from looking at how many freshmen joined the club. And you know, what I thought really stood out from what she said was the fact that the club helps educate other high school students about the LGBTQ plus community. So in a sense, even though these clubs are relatively small when compared to others, they actually serve a larger purpose in being able to educate students and faculty about LGBTQ plus issues in history. For sure. I think it's also worth mentioning that Platopians for Peace and the Sammamish YMCA paired up to try and bring a GSA to local middle and high school students living in Sammamish. Even though they did close the program when there wasn't enough interest, I think it's still pretty cool to see that they made the effort to try and reach out to the LGBTQ community. And I also think one thing that hasn't been mentioned yet is the fact that even though many LGBTQ members are trying to celebrate Pride in any way they can, they've also been stepping up for the Black Lives Matter movement. And why is that? Well, many credit trans women of color for their importance in the fight against police and for equal rights. Also, Black trans women are the most at-risk group in the LGBTQ plus community. 
So because of this, many are, are trying to raise awareness to these issues at hand. So some of the pride efforts are being shifted to the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah. When I spoke to Valentine Skaggs about what he had been doing to celebrate pride in the time of COVID-19, he mentioned that he had been supporting the Black Lives Matter movement instead. Personally, for me, pride being celebrated right now, it's kind of a weird time, not just because of COVID, but also because of there's more awareness being brought up about the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, something I always say is that this year we should celebrate Pride through protests. And I do think it's very important to not only attend protests for Black Lives Matter and stand up for Black queer people that are a very huge part of our community, a very important part of our community, especially historically, Black trans people are very important to the Pride, to the pride movement. Um, people like Marsha P. Johnson, Black trans women, they're sort of the leaders of uh, Pride. And I think it's important not only to attend protests, but to also be donating to Black communities, to Black people, Black queer people. It's interesting to see that some people are celebrating Pride by trying to support the Black queer and trans community. Definitely. And I think a lot of LGBTQ plus members or allies are really trying to support each other in any way they can especially since you could say it's been a rather interesting year. It certainly has. Well, thank you, Julia, for talking to us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. If anyone wants to find out more about either the LGBTQ movement or the Black Lives Matter movement, visit SammamishIndependent.com forward slash podcast. Here's what else you need to know this week. Effective June 26th, a statewide order requires all individuals to wear a face covering in both indoor and outdoor public spaces when social distancing is not possible. The violation of this order is a misdemeanor. Be sure to visit coronavirus.wa.gov for more information. On Tuesday, June 30th, there is a special city council meeting scheduled for 6.30 p.m. To watch the live video feed, go online to Sammamish.us. This Wednesday, July 1st, from 4 to 8 p.m., there will be a drive through mass distribution event at the CWU Sammamish campus. City personnel and volunteers will be handing out reusable face masks to Sammamish residents. Masks are limited to two per member of household. Visit Sammamish.us for pickup guidelines. Finally, the Sammamish annual 4th of July celebration has been canceled this year. Please celebrate safely and remember that fireworks in Sammamish have fines starting at $1,000. This episode of Indie on Air was produced by Alex Woodall, Julia Gudis, Susanna Pryle, Simran Tandon, Parker Smith, and Alex Singerano. Our theme music was created by Ben Allwright. Special thanks to Mr. Jacobson, Everest, Whitney Russell, Caitlin, Simran, Liz Barclay, Valentine Skaggs, Mr. Gillespie, Clara Bishop, and Anna for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks for listening. I'm Alex Woodall, and we'll see you in two weeks.